following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Today's Gospel reading is Matthew 15, 10 through 20. And he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone, they are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain the parable to us. And he said, Are you still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Hi, guys. <laughs> it is so great to be up with to be up here this morning, and it's a complete honor to be able to share um, a little bit about what is saving my faith. And a little background on me, my name is Allie Turner. I've been married for a little over a month to my lovely wife, Margie. <laughs> uh, we have two little kitties at home, and I serve as a hospital chaplain at Strong Memorial Hospital. And I recently graduated from Northeastern Seminary in May. Growing up, I went to my grandparents' church on holidays, which I absolutely dreaded, and I felt really uncomfortable in religious spaces, mostly because I had to wear a scratchy dress, which I am not a fan of. <laughs> and I had really no idea what was happening or what they were saying. Years later, somehow by the grace of God, my dad got me to go to a big non-denominational church, and it felt like home to me. Everyone was incredibly kind and loving, a place where people listened to me and cared about my well-being, the place where I learned that Jesus loved me and died for me so I could have eternal life. I was all in. I learned that I was saved by faith, not by works. But I did not realize that there was a fine print of conditional standards for belonging in that community. Among the long list of conditional standards were two things that my church informed me that were not of God's standards. One was that women could not teach in the church other than to children. And two is that not all people could love who they naturally loved meaning that they believed that marriage was exclusively between a man and a woman. One time when I was there, I watched my pastor cry over his sister, who was gay, at the thought of her going to hell because of her lifestyle choice. I was taught the black and white of faith with full certainty in everything that the Bible was literal and to be followed accordingly. Luckily me, 
Little did I know that those two things were a huge part of my life. I knew that I was more attracted to women since I was little, but I didn't really know what that meant at the time. Alongside that, when I became a Christian, I knew that I wanted to spend the rest of my life in service to God and to God's people. I fell in love with the Bible and was intricately motivated to share the love of God with others. I could not see myself doing anything else. And this brought an immense amount of pain and confusion because God was leading me in one direction, but my church was saying things contrary to where God was for me. It was an incredibly heartbreaking and lonely place to be. And I hated myself for who I was. And one day I took a leap of faith and decided to trust God more than my church. I started to seek understanding in my college classes through reading books and that had different perspectives, which I was mind blown, by the way, that you could think differently. <laughs> and then the place of community that I had loved became a place of abandonment. They stopped talking to me because I was going to school to learn more about God and to pursue ministry. Um, And I thought I was doing the right thing that God wanted me to do, but my church closed me out. I began seeking understanding from other sources. My new community at college brought me in. I felt loved and seen there. But as I began to question things more and more, seeing the different inconsistencies in the Bible, seeing the hurt that the church has done to me and to so many people in Jesus' name, it made no sense. It was going against everything that Jesus had stood for, everything that Jesus had died for. Why did God let this happen? Why did God let this happen to me? The church is supposed to be a sanctuary for everyone, not a clique for people that fit some standard. I was lost without hope, without faith. Let's stop here for a moment. And we can look at the gospel reading this morning. The gospel passage is centered around religious practices done the right way. In particular, washing hands, which I highly recommend doing. (laughs) The Pharisees were upset that Jesus and his disciples were not washing their hands before eating, which I mean is gross, but Jesus was frustrated with them because they got their priorities messed up. The passage starts here with Jesus teaching to the crowd, and you can see some of the disciples come up to Jesus and, and said, do you know that the Pharisees took offense to what you said? And Jesus had said, and Jesus had said previously, listen and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Here Jesus is commenting on some of the religious practices that are not necessarily at the heart of God. You could say that Jesus was criticizing the religious practices here for missing the point. Jesus continues in response to the disciples, and he says, Every plant that my father has planted, that my father has not have planted, will be uprooted. Uprooted. 
here I like to think of God as a divine gardener in a community garden. God loves this garden, intends to it well. People from all walks of life and perspectives plant and contribute to the garden. Some things, sometimes things, some things don't belong in the garden. Some plants are toxic to the rest of the garden. And God, the tender of the garden, will uproot these things. I believe in a similar way, practices and teachings that have infiltrated the church and have become harmful to the people of God will also be uprooted. I began to deconstruct these harmful beliefs and others that I believed because I still wanted to believe, but the church had left me faithless. And I like to think of deconstruction as a process of being uprooted. And if you're not familiar with the term deconstruction, in terms of your faith, it is a process of tearing down what you have once believed, and then reconstruction follows deconstruction, rebuilding your faith in what you now to believe to be true. You grow where you're planted, and I was hurting where I was planted, so I had to uproot myself to get to where God needed me to be. In this gospel passage, I believe Jesus was alluding to the Pharisees that it's not the little conditional standards that religion had set in stone, but what matters is your heart and everything. I started to rebuild my faith and chose to focus on the heart of God, which is love. I started to learn that God loved me for who I am. I learned that God created me just how, just how God wanted me to be. God em- loves and embraces the part of me that my old church hated. And I have not been the same since. But what is saving my face today? There are days when it is so difficult to believe in God. You see the suffering of this world on such a large and micro scale. You see so much hurt and pain caused by disease, selfishness, violence, injustice, and natural disasters. And I could go on for days at the amount of suffering that happens in this world. And I'm not going to lie to you. There's a lot of days where it is hard to have faith. But like last week in Scott's message, if you were here, all it takes is a little faith. So it is saving my faith. You may be wondering what this picture is behind me. It has to be one of my absolute favorite pieces of art. The artist's name is Scott Erickson, and he goes by Scott the Painter on Instagram. When I first saw this picture, it really resonated with me. To the left, you can see um, a bunch of houses and buildings and kind of structured and put together. I like to think of this as black and white thinking, something that is safe, something that is stable, something that is certain. And then all the way to the right, Um, That's right. All the way to the right, you have the mysterious gray clouds, a mystery yet to be unfolded. And then you have the boat in the middle. I see myself in that little boat. There's a dove on the sails guiding the direction of the gray 
clouds. Oftentimes, doves are depicted as and represent the Holy Spirit. My story is leaving the black and white view of faith and into the gray, where I leave certainty and comfort behind into the mystery of faith led by the Holy Spirit. What is saving my faith is the uncertainty and having the faith that uncertainty is okay. God never said that we had to have it all figured out or that we must know everything. But what I'm certain is, and of, is that God cares more about our hearts than anything else. And this is what I call the grace of the gray, where you take what you know to be true through your experience, scripture, wisdom, and tradition, what has worked and what doesn't work, to focus on what matters to your heart. Because we are God's beloved children made in the image of God. God loves us and cares so deeply for us, even if we don't know everything. God is faithful when we are faithless, even if we don't have everything together, and even if we don't wash our hands. So we have set sail for the gray. How do we navigate it? So these three things that I think are essential to navigating the gray, which are ask questions, seek God in the small things, and embrace community. Ask questions. In the spaces I grew up in, faith was equivalent to certainty. I was taught that questioning was doubting, and that was a bad thing. So instead of questioning things, I believed every word that my pastors and the books I read said. The best thing I can tell you is to keep asking the hard questions and try to seek understanding. Part of being in the gray is embracing the mystery of God. We will not know why things are the way that they are sometimes, and that is okay. By definition, God is a God that is in the gray. And we know this because of how ambiguous Jesus was, how scripture is, and the wide variety of the experience of God is. Ask the hard questions. And seek God in the small things. One thing I always knew, that God was everywhere. For the theological term, it is a tribute of God, is omnipresent, which means all-present. But what I was taught with that was far from the truth. God is not confined to the things that you would normally think that God is traditionally a part of. I began to see God in the people and things that I wouldn't have looked for God in. Some Christians, especially today, think drag shows are wrong. But I have to say, for the first time I went to a drag show, it was a holy experience for me. Having human beings, which I believe bear God's image, express themselves how they want to in all their glory and glitter. The pure joy that comes from being who you are, who God made you to be, is simply beautiful. I see God in the still moments of the morning sun, and the birds flying through the air, in laughter in hard conversations, and in new discoveries about our planet. I've learned that if you look long and closely enough, sometimes you see God in nearly everything. 
because God is there. Looking at the intricate details of creation is something where I have appreciated the beauty of God's handiwork. Look at your spouse, friends, partner, kids, or pets. That is God's handiwork at its finest. And embracing community. Coming to Artiston has been the best way I have embraced community. Artiston has a special place in my heart as you all have been a vital role in having this place be a safe place to simultaneously have my doubts and questions and yet be a part of a loving community of God where you are welcome just as you are. This community has been a gentle spiritual guide that has allowed me to face the gray with grace. So thank you for that. My all-time favorite quote is by Rachel Held Evans in her book, Searching for Sunday. And it goes, The journey comes with baggage, yes, and heartbreak, but there are also many gifts. End quote. The journey of faith and the grace of the gray comes with a lot of baggage and heartbreak, but also many gifts. So on your journey through the gray, let us brace each other because life can be so painful. And let's celebrate the gifts that God has given us through it as well. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.